Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all things pop culture that you consume. The stuff that you're insatiable for, the stuff that you find truly bingeable. We're here with another holiday edition. It's our last one of the holiday. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I am pre-recording these. So these are, you know, so we're going to re- refer to things like in the past tense, the present tense, whatever. Just get with it. So today we have a returning guest. She was actually here for the Hershey Park Follies episode with my girls from the past who I have like foundation and I have known them forever. And so I guess Ramirez is back in the house. Hello. 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 Okay. How's it going? it's good so it's so funny because I put myself in like okay like I'm in like production mode head and I do like I do MC sometimes you know for like corporate events and that mm-hmm. and so and as I do an introduction like in my head I know there's no applause that's gonna happen but I waited for it <laughs> I saw you I was like okay we're waiting for I, was like, I caught on. I was, like, I was like, did I, I need to get an, I need to get an applause sound effect so I could like put it in. Cause I was like, did I just wait for an applause? What is wrong with me? Okay. So yes, we are in the zoom where it happens today. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about, and just like that, it's a very Sarah Jessica Parker heavy day guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to appreciate the woman. She is legendary. Do love her. And you know, she is, she is a fashion icon. You know what I mean? There, there's she really this, is. Yeah. There's a certain part of every like gay boy and everybody who, you know, uh, recognizes themselves in a feminine perspective and women that there's something about Sarah Jessica Parker, just like, yeah, she's, she's kind of cool. You know what I mean? So that's today's day. So we're going to be getting to just like that. We're going to get into our, like our feelings. And then we're also going to be talking about the family stone, which is one of my Yay. favorite holiday movies. I made Agatha watch it for the very first time. <laughs> it and was great. So, I can't wait to talk about it. Yes, it was really good. And the thing about it too, is it's just, it's very modern. It feels very, it feels old. It feels new. It feels like mm-hmm. kind of like it just, it sits in a really nice pocket. And so, um, and it's a little bit heavier fare. And so if I say that it's trigger warning, yes, it's a very much a trigger warning because like you probably yeah. cry for like, like the last like 15 minutes. You're just like, okay, what just, no, 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 no. This, then you realize things. And like, so <laughs> we're going to get into it. You guys, spoilers are bound. Okay. So, and the thing is, is mm-hmm. we're probably going to have spoilers here from, and just like that from episodes one, two, and three, mm-hmm. that's kind of what's out at this point. So we're not going to get too far into that, but we will give our opinions. And then we're going to be talking about family stone. Like I just said. Um, but other than that, I get how is the holiday going for you in New York city as a, as a New Yorker, as a genuine as a as a born and raised yes. um, and still living here uh yeah um so I, I think it's a very intimate time right mm-hmm. because we have you know um our little friend Rona still up and about you know reinventing yes. herself um she was and, like I got a new uh, dress I got a new dress <laughs> like I'm, new look I'm stepping out into the town <laughs> <laughs> totally um but I think it's very intimate um city looks you know beautiful like the tree is up in rockefeller center not the one at um, fox news but <laughs> what's that not the one at what fox news the fox news tree no, did not make it <laughs> <laughs> so but um and people are out and about um 
I would say like, I think I was down there last week and it was pr- pretty crowded. Um, I don't remember if people were ice skating. I actually didn't see that. Like I like, you know, cause I'm a New Yorker. So I'm like, you know, I'm going go somewhere. Through. So I'm just it like, is very rare that you know, there's no reason for you to be at 42nd through 42nd through like 52nd. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those. Yeah, no, I, exist. I literally went to anthropology. There's like an anthropology in Roxas oh, Center and I, re- I like their layout. So I like going there to mm-hmm. shop. And so I went there and stopped in and that's why I got to see everything. But people are festive. Um, you know, I live in a residential area called Washington Heights. AKA in the Heights. Yes, I do mm-hmm. live in the Heights, the real one. Okay. What's um, funny is this is two people now, two two weeks in a row, actually. So last week's episode, when Annie was in, she actually lived in Washington Heights here and there mm. for a little while. Cause I wasn't sure if she lived in New York City. And she was like, Yeah, I lived in the Heights. Like literally, like, yes. That and so we have another yes. one from In the Heights. So I mm-hmm. think that's where my gravitational pull goes towards people that I find warm and enjoyable. <laughs> like they some reason they're from Washington Heights. It's just what is happening. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's a cool neighborhood. People are really dope uptown in general. Um, like the vibe is pretty much live and let live. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's why we get on as a community really well. Um, I would say, you know, having grown up here, like the larger demographic growing up was like Latino, primarily Dominican. Um, it's actually the place with the largest population of Dominicans outside of the Dominican Republic. Wow. So it's here in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And, you know, there's like other people from other um, uh, nationalities represented from all over Latin America. And then like, um, did, did people like wild a- out at all when In the Heights actually came out? Like, were people like real proud we of had it? A, we had a whole premiere here. Yeah. Well, first of all, you saw them shooting all summer. I have footage mm-hmm. of them shooting. I mean, I live down the like I live one block away from the park where they they shot um, oh. when Benny and, and Nina had their song. Um, so I live a block away. That's my neighborhood park. I walk through it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, the pool was like utilized and this all happened right before the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was kind of like our last summer of normalcy, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was hurrah. like a movie set the entire time, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, so I live up here, um, and it has like a really rich history with other immigrant populations as well like the Irish were here and, and strong for a while and, and Greek population and stuff like that so it's got like a really cool vibe um and it's beautiful like actually architecturally um and also like naturally there's a lot of parks in upper Manhattan mm-hmm. um a lot a lot of greenery and um and the architecture is really beautiful a lot of really beautiful pre-war buildings um and you know the George Washington Bridge is up here and you're making me um, miss it like, I miss it so much <laughs> like it's been a while all so, this to say like, yeah <laughs> All this to say that the decorations are uh, out and about, like people have decorated their windows and their fire escape. And it feels you know, like people really did even. it this year again, right? Like it just kind of feels yeah. like, like people like personally, like I was walking the dog the other day and I was noticing, I was like, almost everybody has something, you know what I mean? Like everybody is just kind of like, even if it's just like a blow up something on the porch of like Snoopy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but everybody is just kind of like, I'm trying to be festive. Like everybody's just trying to think positive. Yeah. Just like pull, pull the joy out of, out of wherever you can, because I think we've had 24 months of understanding that like your joy can be taken from you and compromised in every way. Oh, so completely. The, it, where you wherever you see it pull it out celebrate it 
and be as tacky as you want about it. <laughs> totally. Okay. This is, this is coming out on the 31st. So this will be like, listen to people probably listen to this, you know, while they're getting ready to go out, while they're driving, whatever, oh, or, yeah. or, or the next Here. day when they're hungover and all that sort of thing. Are you a person who believes in like, um, resolutions, a new year's resolution? Uh, do you do I them? Mean, like I, I just have so many goals all the time. So it's like, I'm constantly, it's always new year's for me. Right. <laughs> so I'm always like in that kind of a thing, but, um, but yeah, you should be setting some kind of aspirational marker and something that you want to achieve for sure. I mean, it gives you something to aspire to and to motivate you and even get your community involved in it. Like your people, you know, mm-hmm. are you doing yeah, anything I'm personally? Into, I'm into it. Do you have a personal yes, like 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 goal this year? Like what is, what is what is your 2022? So, I'm gonna do a Spartan race. <gasps> oh my goodness. I love this for you. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. t- I'm gonna do a Spartan race. That's gonna put you around a whole new different kind of a person, too. Like a whole new crowd. I know. That's, I know. I'm kind of excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Socially. Um, probably, Hello. Yeah, <laughs> probably in November at some point. Um, uh-huh. um, and, uh, you know, we all have, we make plans with a grain of salt these days, right? Because yeah, completely. That's life. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely uh, running a Spartan race in 2022. That's awesome. I've been thinking, cause I'm like, Hmm, what am I going to do? And I'm just like, I have no like real resolution, just like how you said, like where it comes to Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm always like, I want to have this, I want to have this by this time, you know, I'm going to get two of these, you know, and like I, right now, like I, like the other day I was like, well, I'm going to get two more clients like this other one that I just, you know, recently acquired. And that was like one of those kind of like little goals, but I'm like, that's not a resolution, you know, but I think like many of my resolutions actually needs to be. And I think it is, is I just need to be a lot more active and like actually like mm. go and like do things because if it wasn't for like needing to be out and about, I would never leave the house. And like, I need to leave the house just to like go and like take a run around the block and just get my body into like into something, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there's a reason you're the bingeable king. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it's also that has to do a lot with like my my slight touch of ADD because what I can do is if I put something on like I have like my oh. my iPad and I will put something on my mm-hmm. iPad and I will be able to get 18,000 things done if there's just one thing that's like Amazing. kind of keeping my you know and I'm like a really really good for like the things I don't even talk about on here a lot of times are like the walking dead or like the really like dark shit like you know like slasher like the series and that kind of thing I will put something oh on like that because it keeps me like a little bit scared. So whatever I'm tackling in front of me is just not even intimidating. Like I could just breeze right through it. Like, bitch, I will design this whole oh my gosh. thing because I have something else that kind of keeps it. It's a weird thing, but it keeps me like pushing, pushing, pushing. That's why I can binge so much. <laughs> Got it. I yeah. definitely cannot put zombies on. Like zombies, by the way, it's my irrational fear. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have an irrational fear like, of fish. Okay, so whatever. We'll talk about it. But like <laughs> zombies are my irrational fear. I don't want to look at them. I don't like I just like I like I don't like costumes of them. I don't watch The Walking Dead. I will say this though, because I love 
video games where you choose your own adventure, uh-huh. I have played the Walking Dead video game. I'm oh. like really into that video game. But the entire time, I kid you not, I kid you not, I'm like this shaking. My hands are like, oh God, oh God. And like, I have to leave the door open. Sometimes like my brother leaves me alone in the room and I'm like, Birdo! <laughs> like <laughs> it's really, really bad. It's like daylight. I'm like scared. Mm-hmm. I like start thinking about the possibilities of how it could be, like how it could happen. Oh, no, we're not talking about this anymore. I just can't. Oh, see. We'll see. Now, my irrational <laughs> yeah, fear, my fear is fish. Okay, like little fish you know, kind of thing. I cannot, like, when like people the little, are like. Oh, my God. You, you, you can't do that pedicure, can you? No, that is not for me. That is not about me. That is not something that I want to look at. Like, this, like, I will know that does not happen. But, like, even, it, it, I think it's growing up, like, in, like, the Midwest a little bit. And, like, going to, like lakes and rivers and be like there's Uh, fish in this swimming hole and that kind of thing and they would like touch you no and like uh graze you nope and so that's like even like when i go in the ocean it's just very much like okay is there anything around here no 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 like when there's too much seaweed Mm -hmm. uh uh-uh like i just because it wraps itself around my gotta go if it it just it's the tactile feeling of it it's just that like there's just something that's my irrational fear is fish but i love looking at fish like i will look at fish inside of an aquarium like take me to an aquarium i'll do all that but if i am in the body of water yeah i just you don't want to be touched Mm -mm. do not touch me please do not touch me okay (laughs) okay so as we go along let's go ahead and let's just start getting into our like little movie situation you don't have to be nervous i'm not they're gonna love you there's nothing harder than joining a family he intends to give that girl my mother's wedding ring especially one like the stones she's got this throat clearing tick it's like she's digging for clams ready (laughs) yeah they're all watching you know they have a funny way of making you feel at home hello you have a lovely home all the better to entertain you my dear don't dilly dally there pretty lady we're all gonna be down here talking about you she is completely uptight. I am not sleeping with you in your bed, in your parents' house. Separate bedrooms. It's so silly. Are Everett and Meredith going to get married? Four words. Second, second, second word. Beekeeper. Ring. Bride. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They hate me. They hate they me. They just met you. I just figured you'd give her a hard time, have a good laugh, but then back off. Meredith's checking into the inn. And our sister Julie's giving up Christmas with her entire family in order to be with Meredith. I'm ashamed of all of you. Even you. Hi. Hey. Hi. This holiday season. He's going to ask me for that ring. Mom, enough about the ring. From the producer of Sideways. You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. Uh Uh-oh. We will try to behave like a civilized family. I don't care whether you like me or not. Oh, of course you do. Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Luke Wilson. The Family Stone. It's just that we're all we've got. And you, you're the worst. I'm the worst. Oh, boy. 
How did you feel about it? So here's the thing. I didn't see the trailer because I, I like TV trust you, right? Like mm-hmm. you're the, you're the binge king. So I'm gonna <laughs> do what my, my, you know, king tells me and I'm gonna be a loyal subject. So I just, just like put it on. And I really loved it for many reasons. And like, um, and I'm really glad I didn't see the trailer because this movie doesn't, it doesn't behave the same, like the normal, like Christmas, like family. Is this like a family rom-com? Is that what we would call this? It's like, like almost genre? like, yeah. Like it's like very, it's, it's something different. Cause it's got a bunch of different love stories all going on at once. once and, then yeah. you, and then it was also kind of like, this is 2005 when this came out. And so oh. it was kind of around that time too, where like member stepmom and like, they were really going for your heartstrings. And it was in the midst of like the rom-com renaissance of like, you know, when JLo and Kate Hudson and everybody were doing all these rom-coms. So it does. I think it does. It fits there. And like, like, it's like a weird family rom-com. I like how I like that category. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but, but even with that, with that trailer, you see like a bunch of like the funny zingy moments, you know? And then when you sit into the mm-hmm. movie, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like, like a real heartfelt, like a real scripted movie. Heavy hitter. Yeah. Yes. So there's yes. a lot. And so, I, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, sorry, I, go ahead. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so much it's so good. <laughs> what I'm going to do real quickly is I'm just going to just give one of like the Google user review um, synopsis here. So it's Everett mm-hmm. Stone, played by Dermot Mulroney, wants to bring his girlfriend Meredith Morton, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, to meet his Bohemian Connecticut family at Christmas. Meredith feels that she needs backup, asks her sister Julie, Claire Danes, to come along, hoping to win the approval of her boyfriend's parents, Sybil, played by Diane Keaton, and Kelly, played by Craig T. Nelson, and the rest of the family. Instead, Meredith succeeds only in highlighting her uptight personality and making Everett doubt his intentions. So, okay, I just said a ton of celebrity names, too. Like, this movie is stacked. (laughs) Yeah, super stacked. Stacked. They have chemistry because you know how sometimes a movie is stacked, but like they're not playing well together and you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, but they played really well together. Like there was nothing that told me that Diane Keaton didn't. And and what's the actor's name? I'm so sorry. Um, the, the, the dad. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. So Craig T. Nelson and Coach. Diane Keaton's characters didn't. Yeah. Didn't raise those two like mm-hmm. that. Those five kids like there's nothing that tells me that those children weren't raised by these people oh, at it was, all. It was like, wonderful. Yeah. One of the things that I actually yeah. found in like, in like the trivia of it is that the director, writer, director, Thomas uh, Bezucha put the nine cast members playing the stones through several weeks of rehearsal. So they would bond well enough off camera to convincingly portray a family. This included a crash course in American sign language as eight of the nine characters would be called upon to utilize ASL in the script to either communicate with or interpret for the character of uh, Thaddeus. While some critics and cast members themselves pointed out that their American Sign Language use was subpar, it was actually a realistic portrayal of hearing of a hearing family's use of language, which is often perfunctory at least. So, I mean, like, so that right there even tells you that he like put them through the rigors and made sure that they were like a family. They had to bond and look like they've always been walking in and out of the rooms with each other and all that kind of thing. And signing for everything, mm-hmm. like so natural. I mean, I don't speak um, ASL, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I just the way, but 
but I'm but I'm Latina and I use my hands to speak, right? Yeah. Like I just kind of like but it's almost like things. And but, so but you do know being a Latina with with family who is you know <laughs> who, who English is a second language and that sort of thing. Yes, exactly. Will, how the much back you, and forth of that? You will go back and forth and make sure that everybody understands mm-hmm. what you're saying. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if it's a Spanglish version, my grandmother used to do that all the time. Was just like half the words would be English, half were right. Spanish, and then half were right in the middle. Right. But we understood what she was saying. <laughs> you know, it was just exactly, exactly. But yeah, when you're when you're toggling between languages, like I I could I felt that. Like I don't know what they were saying, but I could feel that they were like talking, and then it was like all kinds of stuff that they were signing. And it was it was really nice to have that character there and mm-hmm. to, to see a family working with that. Well, not um, only that, but oh my, my God, there's just so much. There's just so much. In this my thing with that character of Thad, which, you know, with, with Thaddeus, um, Thaddeus is gay. He's got a husband, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so and he's mm-hmm. in he's in a biracial relationship with another man. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first because this is like right after I graduated from college. You know what I mean? Like this is like. And like when yeah. you're really kind of coming to terms, like I was, you know, like coming to terms with my sexuality and that sort of thing, because I came out like midway through college. And so and like at this point, watching this movie and just see this family completely accepted and it's not an issue until Meredith makes it one until Meredith makes it right one here. And that's one of the best exchanges too of like the movie. Yes, um, totally. Okay. Talking about Meredith. So before we get it, go mm-hmm. too far into it. Okay. So we like meet her at the very, very beginning. She's like on her phone and she was just like, boom, boom, you know, at the shopping place. Mm-hmm. And we know that girl. And there was a secret part of me when I was younger that I wanted to be that girl, like be that important. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like <laughs> a, a hot shot on your phone talking back and forth really yes, fast yes, about yes, your, yes. your stuff, your business? <laughs> Business, business, business. What's your question? So Do I much feel- business. Do you feel like Meredith, <laughs> Meredith, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, as we talk about her? Do you think that she's a villain, or what? Do you, what is your feeling about her? Because there's, I, I swing. You know what I mean? I don't think she's a villain because she's not a malicious person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that she is. I think the the dad said it best, right? He said she doesn't know herself, and which makes me worried for my son who's interested in her because it makes me feel like he doesn't know himself. Right. And so I think that she is, she is, um, I think when, when you choose the path of like the regular career nine to five type of scenario, right. Mm -hmm. Where you're someone's, you know, where you're going to climb the corporate ladder. I think it's really easy to just kind of sink into like, this is uh, like, this is how this is done. This is my role. And this is how I am. And this is what I'm about without necessarily really kind of like delving into you. And the only reason I can tell you this is because, you know, I'm a real estate agent. So I deal with people kind of in their vulnerability, vulnerability of finding their homes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I see this sometimes where I'm like, oh, wow, you're like this head honcho at your company, but like, you have all of these things that you have yet to explore or consider or like really um, deep dive deep into about yourself and or the world. Right. So I don't, I don't think she's a villain. I just think she's, I think she's incredibly human. And I think that she is um, she's just closed. And she's built different. I think that's another thing too, is it's just like, she's a product of a different kind of a mentality. I mean, the thing is, is when you, I mean, you know, when you know somebody that is corporate mental, you know what I mean? That they are going to be going up the corporate ladder and that, you know, they're, 
their product is money. That's what they do is they make money. You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. Right. That's a whole different kind of a beast. And so, and everything is just, it's all in its compartments, you know, and she's very dressed, like very uptight. And like, even in how they dress her from the very beginning is that she's tight bun and everything. And then eventually like her hair is actually just down, you know what I mean? Like she finally does let her hair down literally and everything goes to hell. So then she tightens it right back up. You know what I mean? When she gets, you know, the next morning, all that kind of thing. So, um, and it's she's just, really concerned with being liked, you know, mm-hmm. and that's also part of the corporate game. It's like you, your clients have to like you. Your and she hasn't been able to sell that you herself. manage have to like you. Ooh, the right. deep part. And she, she hasn't been able to sell. Yeah, herself. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But you can't sell yourself to a family. You have to like melt into it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is, didn't you feel like too, after a little while, um, Rachel McAdams, her character, Amy, weren't you like after a little while, like, get like let it let it go a little bit you know what i mean like give nope. it a little bit of a <laughs> you ever feel like that i love that character nope i was like yes girl tell her how it is Dig. you know why because i i'm a little i'm a little bit of of critical so i have two younger brothers right so i'm uh-huh. a little bit critical when they bring girls around cuz i'm like who oh, are you I didn't like even this is going to about some, that right someday this is going to be a niece or a nephew's mom right mm-hmm. and like i just I just want to know that like this person that you make that is your son and you have or daughter and or child or person, whatever this, this little human that you make that you have all the love in the universe for, like, I'm going to have some type of love for them too. And I just want to know that like, you are, that you are a hundred percent that can we curse on here? I don't know. Yeah. Duh, girl, we've been <laughs> that, that, that you're a hundred percent that bitch. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. need to know that that's, that's who you are you know, for, for this, these, this family you're going to maybe make with my brother and also for my brother, because, you know, I've had to be hundred percent that bitch as a sibling, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I just need to know that you got this. So I like Rachel McAdams character. And how I didn't even think about that though, is. is being a younger <laughs> sister and being like, you're not good enough for my brother is like a big thing there. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Like, as we like jump around and everything, it's just like, you know, she's, she already has a card stacked against her. She really wants to be liked, you know what I mean? Like Meredith, that she really, and the family already knows that this girl is different. She's, she's, she's weird. She's not like us. And she doesn't, doesn't fit in, but it's funny how she starts off with Everett, who's played by Dermot Mulroney. And then as we get more into the storyline and we start seeing the couple start to move and they start to shift and how, you know, who's, who's going to be with who. And then her and Ben make so much more, make so much more sense that like with Luke Luke Wilson's character. Right. The, uh, the, the oldest brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, but I also think it's like, it's what is, what do they say? Opposites attract or like, Mm -hmm. um, kind of a thing, but I don't know that, I, I don't know that I agree with, yeah, I don't necessarily agree that opposites attract as much as they complement, right? Mm-hmm. Because it just kind of creates the the possibility of like two sides, two sides of an experience, right? And so I just think he's able to unbutton her a little bit. But here's the thing he said. I don't know if you caught this. Sorry, mm-hmm. if it sounds like you were gonna say something. Never no, say so it, say it. He said to he said to her, he said, You have a freak flag, you just don't let it fly, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, he can see her, he can see through the button up, right? Mm -hmm. And the rest of the family can't necessarily, including the man she's dating, 
you know, mm-hmm. he's just like, sure, I will follow you. And he literally did, right? Like he gave up his trip to go see a statue that he had like invested and gone. You flew to Asia, my dude, you flew mm-hmm. to Asia to see this thing. And then you met a girl and then you did what she wanted. No, bro. It's about that trip was about you and you let it go, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, he gave that up for her and he's just kind of like, I'll do what you, I'll do what you do. But he's not really like seeing her or like challenging her or like, you know, kind of like playing off of her. Whereas the Ben character does play off of her. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that's, that's kind of the the thing about, about them going well together because he's such a like free spirit. Right. The well, he doesn't feed, he doesn't feed into drum of her. Yeah. He doesn't feed into corporate on corporate, you know what I mean? Like, and so, and that, right, that right, right there is just how deep can you get how emotional and everything else that, you know? And so then all of a sudden with Luke Wilson's character, he's just, he's a little bit more granola, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. Um, and he's also the first brother that we see cry. Okay. So I don't know if it's a king. Yes. Oh yes. But, yes. But yes. Okay. We need crying. to talk about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There, you is, go first. <laughs> there is something about a hot man crying that when you know it's like uh, and so the thing is Luke Wilson yes. does it we see Craig T. Nelson kind of do it and then also Dermot Mulroney and you're just like why are all these hot men crying and it's like they have feelings they are tapped in they know what's going on and there's like there's that break <laughs> yes men crying is a thing I don't know if it's a kink either but it's mm-hmm. like a thing like it, it like hits it hits and I'm just like oh my god like men get hotter to me for some reason when that happens and so I'm like I'm like okay I'm like watching you're right he's the he's the first one to cry and, and it I'm has like, to be a real the- reason it can't be just yeah. like you can't be crying over like like bullshit you know what I mean like it has to be right. like this this was like a real monumental this is if you're gonna cry when your mom is dying that's when you cry <laughs> you know what I mean when, when you cry exactly yeah and then dad comforting him like mm-hmm. dad being the nurturer one and being the one to be like hey I got you like like yeah like you know like that was really beautiful like the men in this movie are pretty dynamic I, I, I want to say that I actually wrote that down is that one of my favorite parts there about the mom talk so when Luke Wilson figure, realizes mom is sick and that you know he's putting this all two and two together and Craig T. Nelson they're sitting there you know coach you know remember coach the old tv show <laughs> um they're yes, both yes. yeah they're sitting there with this realization and dad doesn't say it's gonna be okay. He doesn't say any of that. He doesn't do that false, like, oh, they're there, you know. He says, I know. That's all he said. I know, I know. And that was it. And it was just like that can make me cry right now. And because it was just like that's such a powerful moment there that when he's just like, okay, you know, like let's yeah. like, we're gonna get through it. You know what I mean? Like, but it's just, I know this sucks. I know this hurts. You this know, sucks. it's like it's exactly. all of that. And so and you yeah. can cry. And, Cry- and I feel you. Yeah. It's a kink. It's a thing. <laughs> so. It's a thing. Yeah. Okay. I just, and you know, can we go back to Thaddeus too? Like, mm-hmm. cause I want to say like that awkward ass moment at the table. Are we going to talk about that? I'll wait. Oh yeah. That's actually the next one. <laughs> that's nature versus nurture. Okay. So that's, that's whole thing. Yeah. When they cut it off, when they, when they, cause so in this scene, if you guys haven't seen the movie, so let's fill in the little blanks here for you. So mm-hmm. we finally have the whole, whole troop all around the table. And this is at this point, Claire Danes has now arrived the Claire Danes scene where she falls out of the bus. When I first saw Love it, it, I died. Okay. So like, I just died laughing when she falls with that suitcase. But anyways, I, Claire- I, I, I died of like, yes. Like I felt like 
like I like when the when the universe shows you something, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like they took a move, magic movie moment for the universe to show like those two characters like hey like this mm-hmm. this is p- potentially why you work right because it's not perfection it's got it's got like bumps and bruises right and scratches yeah. on the knees um it looks it looks a certain way but it's 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 different right cuz she's perfect right she's got her perfect highlighted hair and it's long and her skin is moisturized and then she freaking falls and scrapes <laughs> her knee right like <laughs> and it's like yeah that's that this is a this is a good fit you know like this is this is more realistic this is life being life i don't know i completely um i am claire danes in the fact that like she was there for like two days and she packed that much (laughs) shit that she had that bag okay so that's that's one problem okay and then the other thing i just see that (laughs) i actually i have um run into claire danes in real life i'm trying to i'm just thinking about this she's a very sweet girl she was a regular at the um spa that i worked for downtown when i when i lived in new york city Uh And so, and um, across the street from the Mercer Hotel, there's a spa there. I'm not going to say the name, so they can. There's a couple spas, but anyways. And so she would come in, and she was just like the most delightful person who would come in way earlier than her appointment, just to, oh, and like nice. she she wouldn't even have anything like major that she was doing, you know, like she would just be coming in for like a nail polish change, but she would come in really early because she would want to look through magazines and just chill and like hide. And she was respectful. Yeah, like she was just a really, really cool girl. Mm-hmm. Like back then, I just remember like, oh, this is a really cool person. And so, yeah, so that's something I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, Anyways. that's that's a good ritual. Yeah, that's a that's a good ritual. Like the magazine as part of like the nail experience, you know, mm-hmm. because so I feel like would... nowadays when you go to a nail salon, they like they rush you through and you're out and you don't get to do your little gossip mm-hmm. binge. That's the thing you is know? you want to look at you want to look at yeah, Cosmo. that's a really good ritual. You, yeah, you want to look at the magazines that you don't normally mm-hmm. have at your house. You know what I mean? Like, let me do a Cosmo quiz. Yeah, let me touch. look real quick. Yeah. Let me read the back page <laughs> of the Vanity Fair. Let me, you know, like there's touchstones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got you to gotta read those little points. Yeah. 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 So, and she would come in and actually, you know, go into that ritual of like enjoying the magazines and figuring out her perfect one or just kind of flip through them. She was cool like that. But okay, back into this. So that's the kind of cool girl that she was. But when they're at the dinner table nice, and, nice and self care. Yeah. And so the Claire Danes mm-hmm. has now arrived. They're all at the dinner table and the conversation veers because Thaddeus and his partner, Patrick, they want to uh, have a baby. And so, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're looking to, to adopt and whatnot. And then she asks them about what about nature versus nurture. And she goes into that because remember that was such a big thing back in 2005. Like, you know, that was a huge thing. That's yeah. A, yes. But yeah. That still, was a huge thing. But I think that some tables might still be having that conversation you know what I mean it just depends on you know yeah. where, where you're having tons dinner. of people are still having that conversation when they cut it off when Craig T Nelson cuts her off he's like that you know that's it and then when mom comes back in and she mother bear you know what I mean like she she's mama bear oh, there yeah. too Ugh. and so that yeah. just yeah um I the thing about that she was so like I really like, you know, here's the thing that you're right about this movie aging well, because that like that whole attitude is like the thing that people are calling out about kind of um, 
you know, when people aren't like, like when you, you are not having this queer experience, right? Like you don't under you don't know this, like it's not your life, Meredith, you are a heterosexual cisgendered woman, right? Like you don't know anything about this and you have all of these opinions and all of these ideas, right? Based on your fears, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially. Um, and then you want to hold space for it. Right? And so like in today's environment, that would have been the exact same like no one would have even given her that much leeway, I think. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it would have been shut down really early. But, you know, she is a guest and they let her talk. But she was so insistent on the whole, like, you know, I don't know, um, you know, you don't want your child to be that way. And I just think that, you know, and she really yeah. felt like she she couldn't even see it, her side of the art. Like she couldn't see what how her idea was really... Hurting. Um, hurting, hurting somebody. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and, cause and, it, limiting. It gets, and it gets even into more like, you know, well, you, your issues, you know, and then him being deaf, you know what I mean? Being like a, right. a, a part of this play. And that if, if your child basically leading to like, if your child wasn't perfect, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Right. But what exactly the is the standard of, like, of perfect? Nor- yeah, normal and perfect. And like, mm-hmm. why would you want that for your child? Basically, Diane, I don't know if you want to context this, Diane Keaton's um, character um, made like a, you know, a joke. She was like, I was hoping all my sons would be gay. And that's kind of like how the, like the discussion started over nature versus nurture. Yeah. Um, and, and then she was kind of like, really, you would want that. And that's kind of like where, where it started. But I love, yeah, I love dad shutting it down. And I loved her coming back to like, pick up when, her baby, so <laughs> her baby's the, heart. When she <laughs> says, cause I, I wrote it down. I love you. And you're more normal than any other asshole than sitting at this table. At this table. <laughs> <laughs> like, such a good moment. Like, yeah, it's such so a good. good moment. I just such wrote a down good, good moment. My other thing here is Meredith and Luke. They just make sense. You know, those two, they make sense together. Cause as you're watching um, the, have your, have yourself a merry little Christmas moment where, you know, mom is sleeping with dad and she's out with, uh, what's his name? Like there's just all this stuff happening, mm-hmm. that Judy Garland song. And then I'm just trying to think here because we already talked about Everett crying. So all that kind of thing. One of the things, okay. So we can actually, Wait, um, I want to talk about the dynamic of the, the spouses, mm-hmm. right? Like, because people have their, I mean, Meredith is a, a main character, right? It, like is centering around the possibility of this like marriage that, um, that's going to happen or, or between her and Everett. Happen. Oh my God. Between, and the fact that her and Everett. when mom tells him that you getting married is not going to fix this, when he realizes, yes. you know, when, when he knows that she's been sick and all this other kind of thing, like that, you know, like just because you get married doesn't mean that any of this is going to stop. You have to reevaluate what is really important because she's now seeing, you know, the whole ring thing and all, you know, with, with Claire Danes, character that there was chemistry there and mom sees it, you know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, I like, I like that she brought that up because I think, I don't know about you, but like, there's always this pressure to like deliver on these life uh, milestones. You know, mm-hmm. I think like Gen, Gen X and, and millennials have been like pretty much like destroying that as much as possible, but the pressure is still there to like mm-hmm. deliver on these like, milestone things happening and I think when you face the idea of one of your parents not being there for that it it puts a a whole different like spin on it Mm -hmm. and I like that she brought that that they brought that they brought that into the script right and that that was there for something for for us to kind of like 
look at and unpack. Like you don't have to hit the milestone and especially not with the wrong person. Like, I don't like, I don't need the milestone. I need you to be happy as your mother. Right. Like that's the most important thing. Yeah. This is not the person. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. So speeding along so we can get to just like that Um, Meredith's gift. Meredith's gift. But I wanted to talk about the the spouses because I I noticed this. I don't know if you noticed this. Oh, tell me, tell me. Oh, sorry. Did you hear about it? Oh, so with the spouses, like, I don't know about you, but like at holidays when it's like, if it's your central family and all the people that are married into the family, they're just kind of like there to like support Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like make sure that things are kind of like still moving and shit doesn't get crazy. And I really kind of loved how like, um, Thaddeus's husband was very much like, and we're going to keep things moving and I'm going to contribute. And like the older sister that was pregnant was like, okay, like, you know, it's you and I, who are going to be like the kind of level-headed ish ones here, but there's always somebody in the family that's like keeping the show running while the drama is unfolding. (laughs) Well, it's very much like who's got their shit the most together this week. And those people people need to keep it moving so people don't get stuck inside of their feelings. (laughs) I appreciated that they brought that dynamic into into the fold, which is really nice. So what I was saying there, though, is the uh, Meredith's gift to them, the pictures of of Sybil pregnant with Amy. And she doesn't realize it's Amy. And she's like, no, you did good. And she tells her, you did good, kid. You know what I mean? You did good. And it was just like... Ugh, oh, that, that yeah. one moment. So when you when you asked me if she was a villain, if I thought she was a villain, that's why I could never really see her as a villain because a villain doesn't do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that is like a, a sincere, human, heartfelt thing. Like she appreciated the photo for its beauty. She appreciated the photo for the moment, right? Of a, of a mother carrying her child, right? Mm-hmm. And she, even though she thought it was her husband, her um, boyfriend's, um, it's still like, it still hits, right? It doesn't matter who's in there. Like they've all been in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's been them each and every single one of them at some point in their life. And I just, I thought that was like, so that was like the, that was so, so thoughtful and mm-hmm. such a classy, classy thing. And I think like, that's, that was like the heart of Meredith. Right. And I think this is like probably what, um, the Ben character, um, mm-hmm. sees in her. Yeah, I think that's true. That that's a really good moment there. Like that, something to point out there. That yeah, she's not the bad guy because she she thought about something and she you know she did something nice for the family in this sense. And it was a just a solid gift. Like it's like one of those things too. And it's just she doesn't even realize what's been going on under the surface with mom and the kids because it's all been separate. So and it was the final moment too. Right. Where right. If you notice the mom has a special moment with each kid she's got one moment where she gets to connect mm-hmm. with them and this mm-hmm. was her moment where she gets to connect with amy and say like that's that's you in there you know what i mean and so that's mm-hmm. her moment with her you know she has the moment at the yeah. dinner yeah she had the moment at the dinner table with thad you know that you know mm-hmm. you're, you're more normal than these assholes she has it with with emmett when she tells him that you know you don't need to do this she has it with mm-hmm. luke when he comes in or with ben when he comes back in you know, from the, the crying with the dad. And then the when yeah. um the other daughter, when Susanna, when she's asleep in the yes. bed with her, when she lays down with her mom in bed and it's oh. like, to like, 
Ugh, like, oh, like I'm getting that's... for clamps. I'm getting yeah. for clamps. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of those things that moms do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like it's a moment. So these these little intimate moments that she gets to share with each one of them, and then it just spo- spawns off into like just the very end of the movie too. So like, let's let's we'll, we'll fast track because I want to get into the other stuff. But the the end of the movie here is just you know, with the picture. Is that's how we end is that they do the push in and all mm-hmm. the family is all like the family's into perfect places. Amy has her guy, you know what I mean? Like the, the new babies, you know, like that are in the family. Our home. Yeah. And yeah. then we see the couples now are switched is that Emmett or um, sorry, Everett is now with Claire Danes, character with, and then with Julie, and then we have uh, Ben and Meredith now together. So it's just like they they really did give us the most right. Disney beautiful ending that you can, you know. And it, and I think also just to speak to because I know that, you know, we've all suffered a lot of loss in the past like two years. Right. Like mm-hmm. the thing is that things like you go on. Right. And you keep you keep together. You go on. You keep together. You grow as a family. Right. And you keep and traditions, you, you know, and you keep you, the tradition, and you keep traditions and the memories very much. Mm-hmm. And, and the love is always there in that way. Right. Yeah. I have a big, huge oh. family, so I get to go and see them. And so all this like testing back and forth and everything else. And so and it's like, okay, I can get <laughs> the group there. chat. I know for real. And so, <laughs> you know, so I have a big family on my mom's side. So it's that big Latin family. So we have the tradition of that. We always do like new year's Eve or Christmas Eve together and everything. So it's going to be cute. So you guys are big. Um, are you guys big Disney people? It's weird that we've started getting like, my mom was always into musicals, you know what I mean? So that was like our whole thing when we were growing oh. up. And so, and we did go to like Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, you know, the, the movie musical was basically the Disney movies for a long time when they had like their whole renaissance of like Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast and Aladdin and, you know, Little Mermaid and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think we were Disney to that, that extent, you know? And so, and that was like fun. And then as an adult, and actually I just talked about this. So last, so last week, so you, so you're here ahead of time. So I, so Agatha <laughs> as a listener hasn't heard, hasn't heard last week's episode yet, but actually I'm, I'm talking about, um, I'm actually going to supposed to be in Disney world while this episode drops, I'll be on my way there or something. Um, Ooh, and thanks. so, yeah, so I've become like this weird adult who appreciates Disney, but I'm not a Disney adult. There's a difference. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, there is a difference. So there's oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. But why do you ask about the Disney? Yeah. Oh, because it's like very um, like my um, my friends and I who are like Latinos were like, Disney is such a thing in our community. Like, where did that where did that come from? Like that I, fervor and that love and like that, like adoration and i I don't know disney is colorful it's colorful there's music it's (laughs) vibrant you know what i mean i think that we just attract to that you know what i mean like if it's if it's bright and flashy it's kind of like what's that going on over there let me let me see it you know what i mean like it's it's song and dance a little bit of crying yes very much a little bit of crying you know? A little bit of crying. Okay, so <laughs> a little bit of crying. Let's let's switch gears here and to, and just like oh. that. Okay, so my experience. And just like that, we switched gears. Yes, just <laughs> like that. I was very excited for a new Six in the City chapter because it was just like let, let's 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 get ourselves locked and loaded. And I had just gotten home from working a big, you know, like a, an event. So I'm working like a 10 hour day. So I'm finally getting home and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put on the new sex in the city series. 
And then I put it on and it started and I was happy. And then there was that moment where you see Willie Garrison get out and you're like, oh, because Stanford, you know, because you know that uh, not a spoiler, this is in real life that, that you know, that he's he's now passed. Uh, he's not he's no longer with us. And right. so uh, right. because of cancer. And so there was that moment of like, oh, his character, what are they going to do here? And then we get into the whole episode. And by the end, it was just like, oh, we're doing this to a character. And then so I watched both episodes and I cried. I did cry. I did find myself like completely in the second episode, not in the first. But um, what were your what were your thoughts? Where are we going with this? Agatha? Well, well, you were you were pro re- reboot. Right. Because mm-hmm. that, w- that was the debate forever. Pro or anti reboot. I gave into it. I figured we're going to have it. And then when they were releasing that, like Karen Pittman and Nicole Ari Parker were going to be involved. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, we can't be like completely up shit creek because we got some real actresses coming. You know, I was like at first hearing I was anti because I was like, just let it die. You guys like leave it alone. Right. But then I saw the trailer and then I was like, oh, wait, this could be smart. This could be good, right? And everyone's a diehard Samantha Samantha fan, right? So people are like, if game isn't going, then I'm not watching, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, like, I, like, at this point, we know these people. Like, we've been friends with these women for, like, decades. You know what I mean? Like, or Mm. however long the show's been. I don't even remember. I feel like I was a teenager when it started. And then I was, like, a full-fledged adult by the time it ended. So It was 1998, I think, that when it first Yeah, we were in high school. Mm -hmm. We were in high school. And then it ended, like, they, they, the last Sex in the City episode. There were no cell phones, okay, when... The very when Sex episode. in the City started, and then and then the last episode has her f- showing us a flip phone with Big's name in it. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Mr. John. You know, so um, so I just I was like I got on board once I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I cried too. Okay. I was like, I, I was really um, just really, I was really upset for Carrie because she spent so I just it just brought back all of this time that this woman spent like in in pursuit of this man Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and in like in in um campaigning for her love for him and for their ability to have a life together Mm -hmm. and and now he's gone and I was like yo I was like I I'm not okay right now because I because I think about this with like people in life like who took forever to find each other mm-hmm. and basically they had they had how long did they have they didn't have that long together you yeah. know they met in their 30s and it's he's in his 50s and they die like and he dies like you know I just felt really really sad for for this this woman who had like had so much devotion and dedication and she doesn't get to like enjoy the that, golden that years. Time to, to, yeah, the golden take, years. Yeah, that's the thing is, it's like taking it off into the golden years and like knowing where it's gonna like land. You, you know? know, and, and I, so, I still am not okay with it. I'm like here, like freaking sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the to you thing. About it. Yeah, it, I mean, it is because it is. It's it's a sad thing, you know, that we got rid of John. We got rid of Mister Big. You know, like they. But it was one of those things that I think that it had been talked about. Like I remember hearing rumors of some because I had a few friends here and there that like 
got their hands on a script, you know, that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. for the third movie. And the whole thing was one of the premise was that they were going to kill off Mr. Big because they needed Carrie to be single again to make anything happen with the series, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. and then the thing was, is, and I had this weird hope that, oh, maybe we won't kill him off or if they do, it won't be till like later. But the thing is, is like, because it's called and just like that. So it's not called sex in the city anymore. It's called and just like no. that. So it's supposed to be like later on. And like, but then at the beginning, it had a completely different tone. The whole series does. It's no longer, it's not like, yes. a. It, it, doesn't it have is like this, not, yeah. it's not sex in the city. And I think people need to kind of like get on board with that because it's going to be, it's its own thing. It's its own thing. It's, just, um, it's, it's a mature show now. Like it's like. We, we've gotten yeah, older, but like, I also I like, I feel like it's like a, um, we, like, like a Grey's Anatomy ish, you know what I mean? Like it's all of a sudden it's moved into almost like a procedural yeah. that we are going to now follow them. And there's gonna be some hijinks, but we're going to get a lot of feelings, you know? And so, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of self-examination, Yeah, but I'm well, kind of into that. Like, I'm really kind of into the, the possibility of like, if you're not in pursuit of big Carrie, what are, what are you about? Because that's all you were for the entire, for the majority of you were mm-hmm. in pursuit of either big or a man to fit that role. Yeah. Right? But then, and, and so now, like, and now they've all been like gone for what has it been uh, since the last movie? Cause Lily was, she's, is she turning 18 or whatever? So it's been like 10 years or so. So they've been able to enjoy themselves mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But it feels like in these 10 years that we've been away from these characters, nobody open their eyes a little bit more. And so now we're kind of like, you know, everybody's more mature, but then at the same time, everybody's stunted because it was, it was a little bit weird that we're giving everybody their own magical person of color. Like each main character now gets a magical person (laughs) of color to accompany them now. You know what I mean? So like we have Carrie is Carrie's going to get hers pretty soon with this. By the time this episode drops that we know that she's going to the realtor. That's the new that's that's a new character they're going to be introducing. But then she uh, then um, but she also has Che, you know what I mean? Sarah Ramirez's character, the at the podcast, getting paid for a podcast, getting paid enough to go to a studio for a podcast. Is that real life? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope because we're ready guys. Bald and binge. It's like re- real. ready. It's like, you have to be um, one of those, those, those New York media, media ones, you know what I mean? Like Phoebe Robinson got, right. got a hold of, you know, a while ago, one of those kind of things. Right. But, it's just, it's so but, funny, but yeah, they each get their own. Kristen Davis gets uh, Lisa Todd Wexler. You know what I mean? That we have that one who's kind of mm-hmm. going to be exposing her to black people. <laughs> you know? Well, I think that's also part of the criticism of the old show. It's like, mm-hmm. where, like, what New York are you living in? <laughs> like, like, I mean, New York is pretty brown on a very regular basis and you don't have to be like in a community to experience that. You go outside and that's what it is. You know what yeah, I mean? You're, it's, you're, talking, it's, to a it's, you're it's talking to a Latin person at some point during the day. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to talk to, some, yes, a brown person from somewhere on this planet at, at like some point in the day. Exactly. So, you know, it was always like kind of weird. Like that was always a critique of the show, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I hope that it's not like some magical person of color type trope, because that's like, like, that's not the point. Like, we're not here to like, 
it's it's know, very that, legend that's of, problematic too with 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 the writing yeah it's very right? legend like, of that could be problematic if a person right but <laughs> like i i'm appreciating the 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 sarah ramirez character because i feel like there's dynamism there right mm -hmm. um and so i'm i'm really hoping that like it, it's more of we also get to see them in like their vulnerabilities, like the, the characters of color and like kind of like give them light, give them an opportunity to, to shine as well. I'm happy that they're there um, mm -hmm. in the first place because I think it's, it is a little bit more representative of New York, especially if you are a person who has worked in like publishing and media, right? Like you wrote for a, an underground newspaper mm -hmm. for years. She wrote, uh, she wrote for basically, you know, like, so Carrie would have wrote would for like the daily news. That kind of an establishment <laughs> and not run into. No, no, that's like not no the Village Voice. Yeah. Um, and you know, and like um, you know, I think she was her wasn't her column in the Post. Am I wrong? It was like it was supposed know. to be like a date in like a New York uh, Daily News or like a Post. It was it was like a fake. It was a it was a New York Star. I think was what they called her Mac. Oh, the, okay. The paper that yeah. she was in. Okay. But it was like, um, but it was supposed to be like modeled after like the post or like the um, the other one, but uh, the daily news. Um, but it was just like, it, it's just a little bit thing. My problem with the Che character with Sarah Ramirez's character is it feels a little heavy handed at times. And then the other thing too, is like now, because the third episode came out. Okay. And so we're mm -hmm. at the point too, is that with Miranda, we know that it looks, it's looking like she's having a drinking problem. Okay, so mm -hmm. we we've we they're starting to establish that. And then now Charlotte, when she's like, Carrie, Miranda's a drinking problem. And Carrie's like, shut up. <laughs> Basically what she said to her. It was like that. But the thing is, is like we just got to witness, you know, Miranda and Steve, you know, they they're they're good. And I don't love that it looks like they're going to blow up her marriage. And like, it's just, I don't know yeah, if I but, love it. But I think it's, the, it's, I think it's the, I think the idea that the show is playing with is like, is there evolution past middle age? Yeah. That's like I, something that I think the, the show is like asking, like, can you grow when you're older? Like, or are you just set? Right. And mm -hmm. like, what is, what does it mean for your life to settle is settling a type of growth or is it a type of death? Right. I think this is, these are some of the things that I'm seeing that could, that are being played with. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Miranda blew up her career because she couldn't, she was like, yo, I can't really fuck with this anymore. Right. Like mm -hmm. I need to, I can't be a part of this solution. And she's trying her absolute best to like, you know, or she, I can't be part of this problem anymore. Like I need to be part of the solution. She's trying her absolute best to like educate herself and, you know, kind of branch out. But like, you know, but is it, I, is, think that, I think, are they going to make the her storyline? Yeah. But my, my fear that with the storyline here is that they're going to make it. She's drinking because she's gay. And that's why she has this alcohol because she's running from a from running, running from what she perceives as a problem, that kind of a thing. And so, okay. You're scared that they're going to go in that direction. Yeah. Just, it's feeling yeah. really like, yeah. like it, it's just like, cliche. Why are, yeah. What are they going to do with her? Yeah. Like the cliche of it all. And the thing is, isn't it just seemed like, you know, that, that scene where, when Steve, you know, because I do not love the whole fact that they brought in like Brady as like the sex crazed 
kid in her that lives in her house with his okay. girlfriend. I kind of do. So I'm gonna, I, I want to hear what you have to say about that, but it's I kind of, I kind of do. It's so like, it's, I, it's not fair. Okay. Like when you are 17 years old, you need to be sneaking around to have sex. Like, it's just like, like <laughs> but half, that's the point. <laughs> half the fun, half the fun is like, okay, like my mom's not going to be home and I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of a thing is like the underground railroad of sex. You know what I mean? Like that you have to figure out where you're going to do it. My friend is not going to be home and blah, blah, blah. And like, in this sense, they just, they roll out the red carpets, Brady, go to bed. And like, you know, she's talks about, she stepped on his condom, which was so gross. You know what I mean? So like, but it's that, but then when the scene after big dies and in that second episode where he looks at when, when Steve is standing there with Miranda and he's like, yeah, you know, I love that. He worked out, you know, he was working out, blah, blah, blah. And they're hugging and Brady walks in the room and, and you know, can I have a hug? And he's like, no, I don't need a hug. And he was like, but we do. And like, right. he walks over and it's like, look at this great family. And they show us that in episode two and then episode three, they show us her, you know, shotgunning some weed like with this woman and like her whole mind being blown. They gave us like a this queer being, cult. this person. <laughs> yes. She's non-binary. The character's non-binary. Then there you go. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I, um, I think I know. I think, yes, we all have always rooted for Miranda and Steve, right? Mm-hmm. right? Because they we're already like an unlikely pair. Right. Yeah. And he was such a good guy to her. Right. And she was, he was exactly what she needed. But I think there's something to be said about like, you know, some marriages, like what, what is a marriage? Like, I know it's like a friendship, but like what happens when the, when the sensuality dies in the marriage, I think is part of the exploration Mm -hmm. of, of, of that. Um, And like, what do you do with like this friendship and what do you do with this co-parenting? If like the sensuality, is it important? Is it not important? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I think that's kind of part of the, the quandary there. And I do like that Brady's at home I understand what you're saying about it not being fair, <laughs> but I like it because I think that, first of all, we never talk enough about, and I don't know if this is like an inappropriate thing to say, I, I just don't know where the line is, right? Like, do we not talk about the sex lives of teenagers because they're minors and that's inappropriate? Or is it like, we're just trying to like, pretend it doesn't happen and not, not deal with it. I feel like dealing with teenage sexuality is important. I don't know if this is the platform where it should be dealt with, but like him being like the one that's like getting it at home, right. Mm -hmm. Is like an an interesting layer, I think. But I also think, you know, if you notice, like he's got like this whole like canoodle with Louisa, right. That's her name. Yeah. I think, yeah. Louisa, (laughs) the girlfriend. Yeah. Louisa, but like, he won't give his parents intimacy of like Mm -hmm. noticing that they're like, not okay. His dad has to literally like, pull him in. And so it's like, at what point, like are our children over sex and like not necessarily woke enough to be like intimate. That's also an interesting layer. I just feel like it's setting up a lot of interesting things that if the writing room is like smart enough, they could go many places. It just, feels, I don't know. It feels wild though. It just feels like they were just kind of like, we have all these ideas and let's do them all at once. I mean, like when Miranda, uh, uh, well, what's her name? Yolo. <laughs> When when doc when Dr. Naya was being was being mugged by a Chucky doll, 
Like, right. who wrote that? Like, who said, let's get a Chucky doll. Let's have a man and a Chucky doll go and try to, you know. And I wonder if that was just for social distancing. So they had to put him in a mask so he can get close to her. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what was the what was the thought behind all of that? It was so but wasn't weird. that like a, a viral prank that they were trying to shoot and film? Maybe, but he was taking her back. But the thing is, is I don't know if that was, I don't remember that being a viral thing with like the big Chucky dolls. Like, Yeah, so. I think it was like a whole crew of people that were filming it because that's why there was that one guy that was like, eh! You know, that guy's like, New York's so crazy. <laughs> that cracked me up for like New two York's seconds. so crazy. But, um, yeah, but I mean, the subway is weird right now at certain times of the day, I must say. I don't know. Um, if I saw a Chucky and- doll, like, I'm just, I'm not, I don't walk near that. That's not happening. <laughs> like, right, like I, that- I, I have, I've, I've, I'm nervous around men dressed as like Santa Claus in the middle of like, you know, like a parking <laughs> lot. Like if it's just me and you and you're dressed like Santa Claus, like I'm walking the other way. Just like you may be holly jolly, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just like a whole thing. Um <laughs> So where this, where the third episode though is kind of like where where it kind of like leaves us is that Carrie, that big, you know, he left that money for Natasha, and so we bring Natasha. Natasha back into it, and she really wanted to avoid her. She really, really just didn't want to be anywhere near her. And then Carrie gets burned, literally. Um, and so because they find out that a million dollars was left to to Natasha, and that she doesn't want to accept. Yeah. It. And and. and- well, Carrie's curious about whether she's just like, why are you, why is she even in this? Like, why is this name in this will? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I dealing with this right now? You know, it was over before know. this and she spiraled right. like when she completely spiraled. And the fact that when she found that phone number in his, in his suit jacket and didn't even know, like, you didn't <laughs> think it was her home number. You know what I mean? Like, that's how often you call it's home. The house. I also love how geriatric that was because uh-huh. Big has to write his own house phone number on a post-it note to remember. <laughs> Very much. It was just weird. Um, I was like, then- that makes me, that makes me think of my parents. <laughs> It's like I got a new I got a new phone number. Maybe that was the suit yeah, that he wore when he got it installed you, or you, something. Can you write my parents like can you can you write the house phone number down for me here? Mm-hmm. Like, can I just save it in your phone? No, no, write it. I need it on paper. <laughs> You're just like, okay, never mind. I, um, okay. My mom still had this cabinet. They just had their kitchens redone, but they had mm-hmm. a cabinet up until like a year ago when they had that that you would open it and it would have the password for the Wi-Fi, the password <laughs> to this, it had the phone number to this doctor, a phone number. I mean, like everybody, like it was just all written on the inside of this piece of paper on the inside of the cabinet. Like it was like an old prayer chain or something like that, that they were just writing numbers <laughs> on and it became like the catch-all for everything. <laughs> what do they have now, Brian? Like are your parents okay? <laughs> like, where know. did nope. it go? They have tablets and they have phones and they have all kinds of things. So, you know what I mean? So I think they're all okay, good okay. now, but like, yeah. They learned how to use it, the keychain feature and, oh. and store the password. My dad is smarter <laughs> than you know, but like, it's just, it's so funny, but they will be old school on that kind of thing. You know, like, oh, get the labeler out, you know, <laughs> like, like we got to do this. Yeah. And then like, you know, right, it's got right. a whole computer room and everything else in the basement. Okay. Um, we are so, rounding out. What? Oh, I, I just wanted to say about the Natasha thing. I mean, did you have much of an opinion about like that, that being in the story? I get it. Like why he, it just showed that he was a, a good guy. He had so much money and that it was an ex that 
he really he fucked up with you know what i mean that if he never would have had that season three affair with with her would he have if, if big never had the affair with carrie back way back when you know when the series was still on would he still be with natasha now and that's a question because natasha was kind of perfect she still is she they still got this bitch wearing white in new york city like not a lot of people have the audacity to wear white <laughs> and cream color around New York City. And this chick does, you know what I mean? Like she's wearing camel color flat for a whole day in New York City. And like they look perfect. Right. <laughs> like that just right. tells you like she's this woman together. Yeah, this woman was an angel. She was from heaven. She was beautiful. She was perfect. And it fucked up because he slept with Carrie. You know what I mean? Like she would have stayed with them and she was ready to have kids and everything else with them. And now we see that she's got a, she's got two kids. She's got a business. She's got everything else. She's got assistance. But, but John pre- wasn't into that. Big wasn't trying to have children. Yeah. But I think there was a, mo- a piece of him that, you know, he liked the unbridled and craziness of Carrie, you know what I mean? And so, but, right. but the thing is, is Natasha would have been easy. That's a woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know what I mean? Which is right. also, but that was the whole like, point that she's easy. And yeah. that's why he chose her. Remember what is it? Your girl. She like, what is that? That's like, that's the corner of like fifth Avenue mm-hmm. and 59th street, right at like the corner of central park. I think she's that's lovely. Hu- she's, she's lovely Hubble. Yeah. We, your girl is lovely Hubble. I, I, <laughs> I don't get what it. it is. And you never will. And then <laughs> will. she like walks away. It's one of the best moments of like the original series. Yeah. Like, girl, do not even try me with Sex in the City trivia from the old days. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, but like this new one. So that's the thing is, is like I have these fond feelings towards Sex and City because of that, because it was like such a big part of like, you know, of well, my coming out and my sexuality and just becoming an adult. Sex in the City was back there, you know? And yeah, so I think, I think that that's, that's part of the nostalgia, right? And that's why like some of us were sobbing um, when Big died. But I think we're into something, we're just headed into something new. If you notice the narration. There is none. There, there is none. It's at it's the very like end. At the, at the, the very end, there's like a, a commentary. And I wonder what they're going to do with that, right? Because and just like that, it was a I constant. myself home. <laughs> right. And it's a con- it was a constant narration in the other in the other series, right? And so I just wonder if like, you know how like when you're younger and you just have like a million thoughts and like mm-hmm. a million things that you're trying to figure out. I feel like when you're heading into older, like I'm a more mature age, it's just like, it's not that you're thinking about less necessarily. It's just like, you're thinking about very specific things only and frequently, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, um, it's, it's and so now, I just wonder it's, like, it's funny you say that because now, cause then when you're older, it's about the milestone. It's about the punctuation. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, right, about the, right. it's about the end of the sentence. Like, where did we go? We, we landed, we, we landed here. You know what I mean? And right. when you're younger, you're going to write all this exposition. You're going to be this person who's just right. all over. And the thing is, and she's just yeah, very direct point. at the very end is, and just like that, John died. That was the first episode. And just like that, I walked myself home. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's that kind of a thing. And so, and just like that, you know, <laughs> like, right. it's, um, um, I'm going to keep on watching because I'm just that person, you know what I mean? And I, Mm -hmm. and I still love these characters and I want to see where they're going to take us with Anthony and, and, um, and Stanford and see, you know, like what's going to happen there. And then all the sexuality stuff with, with, uh, with, with what's her name's daughter, Charlotte's daughter that, you know, that, that Um, wrote, wrote, 
Rose doesn't, doesn't feel like a girl, you know what I mean? So now we're right. going to go with this and where's, you know, where's the magical person that's going to come along and teach her about, the, you know, you know, because it's Anthony a little bit, but there's got to be some extra stuff. Cause Anthony's very surface gay, you know? So, right. Um, yeah, I, you know, are we not going to talk about her? Who? Samantha. Oh, Samantha. Oh yeah. Well, let's discuss that. <laughs> they did her dirty. Okay. Number one though, that was where, that's the, the point that set me well, off that made me cry was when mm-hmm. the flowers arrived and she was like, I don't want any flowers. And when they're like, it came with a card. And when she sees love Samantha and she's just like, it stays. And I was like, <gasps> that was my first Viclamp moment of like, okay, because the first episode, I think I was just really pissed that they killed John off. Like I was just like, <laughs> you're so mad. <laughs> I was so <laughs> mad. It was like, do CPR, do something mm-hmm. like, don't just hold him. <laughs> like you have moments, but then the second episode, that was what kind of broke me. And then as the episode went on and on and on, you know what I mean? Like there was just little moments here and there. Cause you mourned a character that you've kind of loved for 20 years, you know? Right. And I, but I think like, have you ever had a, like, have you had someone who was that close to you no longer be close to you because of life things? Like, have oh, yeah. you ever had that kind of experience? Mm-hmm. I think that <clears throat> I've had that too. And I think, hold on, I'm about to get really <coughs> my throat. Um, I think the thing about it is, well, do you feel like they did her dirty bringing in the flowers or do you think like just the whole like storyline? See, what they did was, is they, they gave her this end to come back. You know what I mean? They didn't kill her right. off because the easy out would have been Samantha had cancer. It came back. She's gone now. You know what I mean? Like that would have been mm-hmm. the easiest way to get, get rid of Samantha. But the whole scene felt very meta after they had their very first brunch in episode one and Carrie and Miranda are walking down the street and they're talking about, I've texted her. We've texted her so many times. Charlotte even texted her. We've been, we've, you know, we've, we've been called, we've texted. She hasn't returned any of our calls. And it felt like they're talking about the real woman here. We're really talking about Kim Cattrall, who's right now living her best life, being on Queer as Folk and, you know, how I met your father. Like mm-hmm. Kim Cattrall's doing fine. She's, she is not hard up without doing this series. But right it was reported that she was also offered like a million dollars plus per episode. Um, and she didn't take it. And so that that's where I kind of was like, Oh, is, what's this ATM comment? Because that had to do with in the past, how um, Sarah Jessica Parker, she became a producer on the show. So she took home a bigger purse than the other girls mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, people, and that was one of the reasons why it kind of started a fizzle and why they, by the last, you know, by 6.2, when they were done with the series, the girls weren't really talking, you know, that Samantha just wasn't really vibing with Kim Cattrall wasn't really vibing with, with Sarah Jessica Parker in real life. Mm-hmm. And then after mm-hmm. this whole thing, as it came out as, you know, she's not coming back. And then when, when Kim Cattrall's brother passed and Sarah left a, a, a message, yeah, I, I saw that. And she took yeah. it personally that you don't, you don't do any of this. You don't get you to know, pay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to do this. You don't get to be the, that the bigger person, you know, blah, 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 blah. You don't get to use this moment. And so there are some real feelings there. So I don't really see Kim Cattrall really ever coming back unless something I don't, huge changes. I don't either, but I think the possibility of leaving a Samantha storyline open in whatever way that is, it may not be with Kim in those shoes, right? Mm-hmm. It could be anything, right? Um, use your best telenovela mind <laughs> to yeah. figure out what it could be, right? She but comes back as I a man. Possibi- 
<laughs> the possibility, right? The possibility of leaving that open is, I think, important. But I think for me, the the thing about it is like, you know, people are like, Samantha would never like the, the Twitter comments were like insane. People are like, Samantha would never leave her friends on some publishing deal, blah, blah, blah. Well, the and thing I'm is, like, is- if her feelings were hurt were one thing, but Samantha had money. It wasn't like she was her only client. Not only that, but right. Samantha would have been the girl that when she find out your husband died, she would have been there. I, don't you think? No, no you don't because think? I think that, no, I don't. I think that when you have boundaries with a person and depending on the, the severity of, of the breakup, because sometimes you break up over one thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're like, okay, we're no longer speaking and I'm no longer speaking terms with her or friends with her because of X, but really once you identify X, you can solve for all the other fucking number of shit that you've been through with this person that was not okay that you maybe didn't even consider. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't know like the psychology of, of like, you know, the, the character psychology, I'm not talking about Kim Cattrall, right? Like the character psychology of what else could have happened that like, you know, we just, we just know that there's a boundary and it could have unpacked a whole bunch of shit that Sam Sam, the character was not okay with. And therefore she's like, no, I don't, I have a boundary. I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to be in your life. Like I want, I want something different. This is she the line. Wants, she but wants I'm to be not, the main character, like in real life, like that, that Samantha would want to no longer I, be. I don't. Second fiddle to the, to her friends that I don't want right. to go. That to could your, be I don't want to go to your family stuff anymore for either of you, Miranda exactly. or Charlotte. I don't have a family. I don't require you to come to my, my things. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Right. I do understand some it of could, that. It could be that, but you know, if you are, but then I love that they added the flowers because the thing about breaking up with your friends when you've had decades of friendship is that at a certain level, you're family, right? Mm. And at a certain level, they know you so intimately that that you still have to kind of say something, especially for something that devastating. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I thought the flowers was a really, really nice touch because it says I did have a love for you. And because I had a love for you, I know how this breaks you. And I am sorry that you're suffering that that's Mm -hmm. a human thing, you know? And I thought that that was a beautiful class B touch personally. Yeah, that was a good moment. I mean, it was it was my most emotional moment. You know what I mean? Like that it was like because your friend did care enough. You know what I mean? Because that wasn't a cheap floral arrangement either. You know what I mean? Like no. it was like it was like I care this much, but I really don't. I need to still have the boundary. I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. That, that and I'm I think that's gonna... important for all of us to see too. Like as people, because we keep talking about this like self care and self respect and all. Like this is like in in the it's in the uh human conversation right like the the collective conversation right now this is something that people are experiencing through their unpacking of their traumas and things like that and i think it's important to see examples of how you can show up and still take care of yourself Mm -hmm. in that way and you don't have to actually show up to always show up and that's something too like you know what i mean so exactly exactly send, send the For note sure. send, send the thing and you know show that you still care but you just can't that's you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i just i can't i'm so sorry mm-hmm. i'm sorry i love you and but- that's a really real thing yep. yeah that's a really real thing so okay let's move out of just like that as we wind out our show today and i want to know agatha do you have a recommendation? You have a recommendation 
for the children listening today of things that they could binge, either music, movie, or series? Okay. So I, for, for series, I, so I'm binging like, uh, just because I want to, like, I'm binging because I, I stopped, there's like 15 seasons of this thing. And I stopped binging it at season 12 years ago, but then I like forgot. And now I have access to like the other, like three seasons or whatever that are left. And so I'm like, shit, I gotta start all over, but criminal minds. I love me a cop drama. I love me an <sighs> investigative thing. <laughs> I just do. Why like, do I keep hearing drama, this? I keep hearing this from very smart, educated people that they are like, I'm into criminal minds right now. There are three hot guys on there. And like, this is how this is like criminal minds. And like, and it's so yeah, it's procedural. It's, so you have like a storyline, but then each week you yeah. get closure. Yes. Yes, you do. And then also, um, you know, like it's based on like FBI, um, like, serial killer profiling. So I'm like, yeah, I need to know, like, teach me, teach me. Right. Like <laughs> I want to know how psychotic people really are. Um, so and then, I can um, run. <laughs> exactly. Like know the signs. And I just finished cruel summer, um, which I think is on Hulu. Um, it's produced by Jessica Beale. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, you know how she's been doing, what did she, she's done like three series the killing is it was that her no it's it's basically like another kind of cop like a a crime drama missing. type of thing yeah about a girl who goes missing and basically um it, it takes place over three years mm-hmm. so it's 1993 1994 1995 which i'm loving because here's the thing you know how like 90s fashion is back in mm-hmm. i don't know how you feel about it but i feel like these kids are not handling it well. I'm like, why'd you bring back the worst stuff, you guys? We put elastic in jeans for a reason. Yeah, for okay? real. <laughs> like, there's a reason we 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 pioneered that. But okay, whatever. We'll let you do it. But in that show, you get the best. Like, they have really good '90s fashion. Like, they've dressed the characters really well for those mm-hmm. three um, um, early to mid '90s um, years. And then um, it kind of follows like freshman to like junior year um, of these two girls live where one girl goes missing and one girl is accused of having known where the girl was the entire time by the girl who got kidnapped. It's like a whole thing. I can't really go into it, but it's really. I literally just added it to my stuff on my Hulu because I didn't even realize. Oh my God. It is. So it is so so good and it is so smart and. And, you know, we talked about what, like, Meredith earlier, um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character in, in the um, Family Stone movie, who's the villain. Like, this is one of those where you're going to be like, I don't, I don't know who the villain is. Like, mm-hmm. I, every every 45 minutes that you watch, you're just going to be like, I I don't, I just don't know. This person's and, a bad guy now. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, everybody becomes a bad guy at one point in, in your watch. I promise. I love that. Um. So it's it's really good, and Jessica Biel has been surprised to me with her like her executive producing chops. Like she's picking some real, real deep shit, and I'm. It seems like it. a lot of stuff that she's doing too is just it's it's female heavy, which is always great. You know what I mean? So. Yes, and it's female, like not like um, it's not it's it's female raw, right? Where it's like it's like real. It's it's like us being us women being the bad guy, us women being the good guy. We are demure but we're also the femme fatale but we're also going to cut a bitch like it's so it's uh what is it it's multifaceted it's multi-layered so i'm i'm in i've enjoyed her productions so far and so i just watched cool summer and that's good and then music wise um i got into bruno mars 
I don't know. I just girl. Because because who doesn't love it? This bitch. Like that's got everybody hyped. So I'm just like, I just started listening to all the old records and I'm like, man. Also, I just want to throw this out there. Where is my like Bruno Mars and Lizzo music baby? Like I need they're I need waiting something. till after we, the holidays. They're both. We need we need something, Bruno and Lizzo. We we need to hear from you together. We need to hear you together. I You're have both a weird, so like yeah, I have a weird feeling that that like they're gonna both drop like end of end of January because the thing is because right now because everybody's get, everybody's getting buried by Mariah Carey right now. You know what I mean? Like it's the end of the <laughs> it's the end of the year, so you know you the mother of Mariah Christmas. Carey. Yeah, so she keeps that number one spot every year in December. So unless right, you have like right. Beyonce coming out, it's just not going to happen for you. And none of nobody right, right. wants a challenger. So let's see what happens. My recommendation, actually, um, do you watch Pen Fifteen? No, but everyone keeps talking about okay. it. Okay, Pen Fifteen. Okay, so let's, let me. Let yeah, me, let me write them. They just so I'm dropped. add pen 15. You have to add pen 15. Pen 15. I don't even know if I've given this as a recommendation, but the thing is, it's so damn funny. They just dropped more episodes, you know. And um, so it is two women, Maya and Anna, who both, you know, they're like in their 30s, but they have written this series about themselves from when they were like in like seventh, eighth grade. So just like <laughs> learning about things and like one is on right. a period and one isn't. So they both play their characters as children. As middle so, schoolers. Yeah. So they're in middle schoolers, <laughs> but then they've cast all these other people, you know, and I think actually they're older than middle school now. I think they're actually like they're freshmen or sophomores. Freshmen. But yeah, because it's it's been out. I think it's a third season. So this might be like the other so one of them is now dating, um, no, one of them is dating a freshman. So they're in eighth grade. So that's okay. Mm, okay I'm okay, all over yeah, the place. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, is it's so okay. it's, yeah, he's a little bit older than her and that sort of thing, but it's them also it's raw. Okay. Oh. Like it's dealing with sex head on. It's dealing with loss head on. There is, oh. there's a, there's a death in this most recent season that is one of the best episodes of TV, <laughs> like in my opinion, and so oh. you have this, this, this whole moment with, 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 uh, with, with somebody who's older. And then when they do they, they kind of follow it up and the girls go and they do a cancer run. Remember those are big. This, and it all takes mm-hmm. place in like, this all takes place in like 2002, 2001. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's kind good. of, you're going to, you're going to be reminded of everything. Cause it's like Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls. Oh, there's, there's a whole episode. Yeah. Bring it on back. <laughs> there's, there's a whole episode where the girls are getting ready. So one is Asian, you know, and all the other girls, she goes mm-hmm. to a white school and the girls are going to be, this is the first season where they're going to be Spice Girls. And they force the Asian girl because she's brown to be scary. And she's like, but I'm not scary, guys. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm not really like that. You know what I mean? It's not my personality. Right. I want to be, you know, and they're like, but you're brown. And that's basically like how they, and then it goes into a whole deeper conversation. Oh, but yeah. I'm telling you, watch the series. It's funny as hell. It goes all well, over the, the place and it's just, you're the binge King. I will do what you say. Yeah. I'm and your if, loyal subject. <laughs> thank you so much. But if you, if, if you were ever an episode of like strangers with candy, then you would completely love this too. Because okay. Okay. It's that, it's that little bit of weird because you know, these two older women are playing kids, which is just kind of crazy. <laughs> so that would be my little recommendation there. Um, as I jump over real quickly, everybody get your stream numbers up with like little Nas X because I'm still loving that album, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> Last thing. I need your character crush of the week. What is your person, place, or thing that is fictional that you are completely digging right now that you are completely loving with? Makes you hard. 
Give like. Oh. Um, <laughs> she just touched. Um, I just, she just touched her TTs. <laughs> um, I would say I haven't watched. I haven't watched the new season that came out, but like I've been salivating and waiting for. Oh my God, Henry Cavill and The Witcher. <sighs> oh, I think they just dropped, didn't they? I know they did, but I'm like, you haven't got you know, there yet. <laughs> yeah, like I want to do a rewatch and then go into it. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to wait as long as I can wait just in case so that like the, the next drop can be like super close. I'm like weird because so I, I watched the whole. Yeah, with The Witcher, I watched the whole thing. And then I was like, I felt really like I need more. And then it took so long to get more obviously mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But like, um, but yeah, the, the Witcher, he's so I also love the way he goes, fuck. It's just so <laughs> funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> he has the single best um, way of saying that. Okay, my person, place, or thing character crush of the week. Okay, is actually going to reach back into a series that we watched before, but I was watching like a rewatch of like an episode the other day, and I'm completely obsessed with the building, the Arconia in Murders in the Building with Steve Martin and um, and, and Selena that. Gomez. That's another one that should be at the top of your list, actually. You know, so okay. depending. But the thing is, is it takes place in the most beautiful New York City building that the architecture is just ridiculous, but the apartments and specifically Steve Martin's apartment is the best apartment ever. And it has like these gorgeous, like blue cabinets and everything. And if you know, New York real estate, like this building will get you off because it's like, it's amazing how they have designed these apartments and everything. So that's, that's the show. You got to watch it too. Cause it has. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Watch that because yeah, it's like yeah, it's yeah. Jackie Hoffman, Selena Gomez, like yeah, Martin Short. It's such a good series, but the building itself and like that's the building that I would have wanted to live in when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like in New York City, like honey, you know, doorman, <laughs> the whole sitch. Like that was that's that was what you think you're when you move to New York. That's where you think you can live until yes. you meet me, and then I can give you the sober truth. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, you never know. You never know. But so this is true. I'm I'm not going to crush anyone's dreams. You can always dream, and I will tell you how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but know that it oh, is. Oh, you will love it too because work. like the whole thing is murders in the building, and like these the neighbors, like you know, well, so so and so passed away. That means we can start using our fireplaces again, right? Because like he was the only one who was allergic to it, so we can all start using them. We should open up those foods. <laughs> and then another person's like, they're like, well, is the apartment going to be for sale? I have dibs. I live next door, and I need to open up my wall. Like you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. You will co-op get problems. The, yeah, you will get the co-op <laughs> issues as as a real estate agent. Like you will completely like like love it. So okay, you guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into our last holiday episode of Bald and Bingeable. We're back again next week, and we have new interviews coming. Lots of crazy stuff but i just want to make sure that you guys have a really wonderful and safe happy new year uh whatever resolution that you guys are putting out there for yourselves that you guys actually meet them and if you don't meet them it's because it was unhealthy for you and that you need to do something else (laughs) eat some chocolate cake and you'll feel better but uh i gotta where can they where can they see you where can they reach you on the Um, they can reach me on on instagram at via agata vi V-I-A-A-G-U-E-D-A. Um, and that's the same handle on Twitter and uh, on uh, Facebook, 
that's my my page. I do real estate in the city of New York. So if you want to buy property in New York, I am your gal. I will take you to whatever borough works for you and help you find a place to call your very own. Um, so you can find me there. I'm I'm a little like silly on social um, on social media when I'm inspired to be. Um, so yeah. Well, I think we all should be a little bit silly on social media because <laughs> social media is not real people. So start putting, stop putting all your business out there. But anyways, um, <laughs> you guys can reach me at D'Angelo Gogo on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys so much again for tuning into Bald and Binge. We'll make sure that you guys rate and review wherever you guys are listening. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You guys, again, last one of the year. Thank you guys so much. It's been a great 2021, Aww. 2022. We will be back with you. Thanks so much. Happy New Year and good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level.